Hi and welcome to my podcast Pregnant in Japan, your podcast about pregnancy, birth and the joy of a relaxed motherhood in Japan. My name is Vicky, I'm a German mom living in Tokyo. I'm sharing my positive birth experience to inspire you with yours. Hi Eric, welcome to the Pregnant in Japan podcast. Um, so you are Eric Hora from uh, the United States originally, from, the, from Ohio. And you are the founder of a group, Facebook group, uh, Dads in Japan. And you are also um, helping expat families to have a better quality of life. So you are doing coaches. And you became, four or five months ago, yourself a dad here in Tokyo. And you already live since nine years, right? In Tokyo or around with your German wife. Is that about yeah. correct? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've been here. I've been here nine years almost, and she's been here like five or six. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> I'm, I think we're both surprised that we've been here so long. <laughs> right, but uh, it's easy to get comfortable here in Japan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we found each other in Japan, actually, so I think that kind of is what kept us here for a little bit longer and we had a comfortable life and we decided we were going to have a kid so mm -hmm. we decided to stick around for a little longer than I think either of us originally planned right and I always wonder for like international couples if they are talking about going home where would home be right <laughs> because yeah. your wife is German so would it be Germany the US <laughs> Who knows? Mm, yeah, I, I don't think, well, for the future, neither of us really want to go home, I don't think. So. <laughs> Actually, yes, uh, you know, I like to ask this unconventional question, and that would be my first question. If you, mm. if you go back, you, you wouldn't go back to Ohio, right, or to, to the U.S.? Or <laughs> yeah, so we... I, I don't want to go back to Ohio. Um, I think Ohio, I mean, it has a good amount of things if you want to like raise a family and live in a suburb and if that's your thing. And well, neither of us really want to live in the US and my wife doesn't really want to live in Germany anymore. So we're kind of in this stage where we think maybe we'll leave Japan at some point, but then what, where do we go after that? Um, <laughs> mm. So we don't really know right now, but we do know that it won't be the, the States and it won't be Germany. <laughs> well, at least you know what you don't want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I guess you still have a little bit of time. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, and my other question, Eric, is... Um, Do you uh, prefer wine, beer, or none of all? Um, so, I mean, I used to drink, beer was my big thing. I, I loved going to craft beer places, things like that, um, and then sharing a beer at home with my wife. But uh, ever since she got pregnant and COVID happened, like, really, I don't drink anymore, especially since, like, my drinking partner, my wife, who's sitting in the room over there, um, You know, she's not drinking right now. So on those days that we both go, it would be nice to have a beer right now. 
Mm. We go, okay, like, let's have a thing of tea or something. And that's about it. Yeah. It's just a um, limited amount of time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Today, I would like to... Um, Uh, talk with you more about uh, the dad side of um, yeah being a parent and being a parent in uh, Japan and actually you're my first male guest so I'm really oh. um, excited and honored <laughs> to have you here <laughs> me too <laughs> so I mentioned you uh, created this group dads in Japan and when I saw that I thought uh, wow that's such a great idea because yeah where are all the dads out there because we always always talk about moms 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 so I thought that was an awesome idea so please let us know what are uh, topics in this group what are uh, what are you discussing or what was the goal behind all that yeah I mean so there are tons of mom groups out there and uh, you know I kind of wanted to make a uh, a network of people that I could go to and, you know, ask questions. Um, it could be about anything, books, funny jokes, you know, just to kind of have a good time, but to create that a good and strong support network. Because, um, you know, there are a lot of dads out there that need that support network. Uh, and I I was searching, I couldn't find one for one in Japan. I thought, well, I want the support network, so I might as well just create it myself. Yes, awesome, awesome. And are also um, pregnancy-related topics discussed there? Uh, I mean, you know, how to support your pregnant partner or something like that. Yeah, there's definitely been a few of those in there. Um, you know, it's... A little bit less maybe you know it's it's definitely the the guy's perspective on how how you can support them and uh you know maybe a good book to read or something like that okay great and i also mentioned you you do coachings is it mm. is it kind of linked uh, to your coachings you offer yeah so i also think um You know, my coaching is about moving towards goals with confidence and clarity. Um, and then also just making sure you have a really big, a nicely balanced life while that's happening. And, um, you know, there's kind of this idea that when you have a kid, you have to put your life on hold or you have to sacrifice everything for the kid. Um, and I personally do not believe that is good or healthy um, because, you know, you want to show your kid that you have boundaries, they have boundaries, and we're all people and we're working towards things. Um, and so, you know, it's important that you don't just give up yourself, I think. And so I try and help people with kids to move forward and, um, you know, make sure that they are living their life at the same time. Right. Um, I was thinking, <clears throat> because we are kind of here in being abroad, far from family and friends, it's so hard because 
you don't have your family support, right, or um, friends support. And so, how can you how can you do that uh, to keep the goals maintained and your your let's not private life, but yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we've definitely, especially right now, uh, you know, my wife and I have definitely felt it with just first time parents, COVID, Japan shutting down. Um, it, it's especially tough right now, but. Um, you know, what, the way we do it is we make sure that the other person has time for themselves. So we find time being like, Hey, you know, I don't leave for me. I still go to work sometimes. Uh, so I don't leave for work until noon. Um, the morning is yours and I'll watch after our son and kind of having that communication, um, to make sure that you each are protecting each other's times mm -hmm. is what we have found works really well for us. Um, or also, you know, if you can afford it, finding ways that you can, in a sense, buy time, uh, having somebody to clean your house for you or take care of the dishes, um, having friends over, you know, just creating that support network that can lift you up, um, and, and give you that time that you, I think, is necessary in order to have a good, fulfilling life. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense, what you're saying. For me, I found that um, it took a long time to create kind of a community and support. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was just a long process. Um, if I compare it, if we would be in um, just in our home countries, right? I mean, you have been here for a little bit longer, so maybe your network or your support group is a little bit different than mine. Yeah, we've, we definitely, we're kind of lucky. Some of our friends moved in um, to the area right before we had our son. So luckily we've had them so they can come over. Um, and yeah, for us, we were like, Uh, we're, you know, we have enough money that we can hire a cleaner to come every once in a while also, which saves us, you know, they come once a week and that alone is for us money well spent because then we don't have to worry about that. And like I said, in a sense, we are kind of buying our time back right. um, and For us, it's just a huge weight off our shoulders. We know every week on Wednesday, um, we can expect someone to be coming and kind of do a once over in our house. <laughs> we just have yeah. to make it till then. Yeah. <laughs> One week is okay, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the dishes are, you know, they pile up, but. That's <laughs> okay, especially with a little one, huh? Yeah, yeah, we we're okay with dropping that ball of just yeah. having a bunch of dirty dishes. Mm. That that'll be taken care of. We know that's okay, right. so we don't worry about it. And another interesting point you said was uh, you you talked about setting goals. Mm. Um, I was looking into that too the last few months, and um, yeah, to set life life goals, goals for the next month, goals for the next year. 
Um, why is it so important to set goals? If you don't have goals, you don't really know what you're working towards. Um, you know, some people I think sometimes are a little bit worried about setting goals thinking, oh, like what if it changes? But you know, you cannot, that's, that's totally fine. When we set our goal, we can, we can move forward and we can take very clear steps to move towards that goal. Um, and you know, if it changes, hopefully our first goal kind of links. And so we still have gained ground, but if you don't have a goal, if you don't know where you're going, I, I found it when I first moved here to, into Japan, I didn't really have any goals. You just kind of stay in the same spot. And, you know, for, for me, I felt I was like, I was stagnating. Nothing in my life was really changing. I, I was having, you know, a pretty good life, but I knew it could be better. And once I started setting goals, it was so easy to move forward and, and really start living the life that I wanted to live rather than just living a life. Designing a life, right? Yeah, yeah. What is a technique to set goals? Or to oh, find, I mean, no, I'm sorry, Eric, not to set goals, but to find what you want in life, to find, um, yeah, to find your goals. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think we all, we all have some goals. We may not have written them down, but we're all trying to do something right now. And for anyone who says they, they don't have any goals, I would say they just need to stop, sit down, think about it. Because we're all trying to get something, you know, uh, you want to progress in your career, you want to become more fit, you want to learn some new skill. Um, we're all doing something right now. So if you don't feel you have a goal, just stop sit down and really think about it, um, something will come up. I think that's for sure. And then, you know, if you can set goal posts of like when you want to accomplish something by what time, that can help you even better. Um, make sure you keep moving forward to fulfill those goals. Uh, so really, our goals are within us. And you just need to really look inside and try and pull them out and write them down and crystallize them, I think. Right. And it's um, also not done with sitting down once, you know, but probably several times and work on the goals. And as you said, they might change over time. At least that's my experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really important to revisit your goals you know, you don't just work on it and then hope you get to the end. You know, you work on it for a month and then you revisit, okay, how am I doing? Is this what I want to do? Is my approach right? Things like that. It, that's very important for that. Absolutely. Right. Okay. We went a little bit um, off topic <laughs> because I'm just fascinated by setting goals. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you are kind of the expert here, so I wanted to grasp the opportunity to ask you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Eric, what are some um, differences or what do you think is uh, different for foreign dads in Japan? Or how, how is it maybe especially difficult for foreign dads? Or it may um, be easy, <laughs> I'm saying. I'm talking about difficulties. <laughs> There might, it might be not only difficulties. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think for, uh, you know, this could be for any international couple, I think. Uh, if, if you're in kind of the typical Japanese setting where the dad's going out to work uh, and so the dad isn't home much, um, you know, there's a good chance your kid will be stronger in, in your mother's language. And, you know, like I said, in Japan, there's a lot of dads who usually go out and work. Uh, so if, you know, if I'm like American and, you know, my wife's German, if I go out a lot, maybe my son will be better in German than in English. And, you know, then you kind of start to worry like, oh, when, my son's talking to my wife, they're going to be speaking in German. And then maybe I'll miss out on conversations and there'll be a little bit of this gap between, you know, me and my son and my wife in that kind of triangle that can happen. And I think, you know, that's a little bit worrying for me and for anyone who's in Japan, if they don't speak Japanese well, and they have a Japanese spouse, that could definitely be a worry. Um, and so that's kind of added another layer of like, oh boy, I better really start studying German. <laughs> We can start right now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Switch a little bit. the language. I, basic, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think kidding. I'll be good enough there. <laughs> um, so I think that's definitely one. And then, you know, you have the, if you don't understand the school systems uh, and Another thing would be, you know, if especially in Japan, um, it usually, I think, when there are things dealing with kids, it always goes to the mom. Um, so it's easy to feel left out of conversations. So, you know, if there's something going on at school, it's usually the mom that gets contacted, from what I understand. Um, and so, you know, for a dad, if you want to be in on that, maybe it can feel like even society itself may sometimes leave you out of the loop right. um, just because that's how things have been working so I think that can be a little bit difficult do you have any strategies to cope that challenge um well if you're worried about the language thing you know Study. honestly studying the language a bit more and making sure you know you're you are putting in a little bit of time into that if you can is important. Um, and then, you know, it, it all comes back to communication, making sure that you're checking in with your partner. Um, if your partner is the main communication with school or other things, you know, you're checking in with them. Hey, what happened? What's going on? Is there anything I need to know? Um, or phrasing the question as what do I need to know? Uh, is even better so that, uh, you know, they can give you, give you that information and you stay in the loop with everything. Right. Have you noticed um, any differences between 
Japanese and uh, foreign dance, and um, they are roles. Um, so, I think I'm. A lot of my Japanese dads are like a little bit more Western. I mean, you always hear stories about how uninvolved some. Japanese men are and bringing up their children um, and it, you know it's my feeling from the dads I know who are not Japanese are they're more involved than the typical Japanese dad um, but the typical J dads that I know who are kind of around my age who are Japanese are more involved or try and be involved as they can be um, I do notice a bigger difference in like the couple dynamic, I feel though. Uh, you know, a lot of my coworkers, if I ever go into their house or something like that, it, it kind of feels like the wife is there to help serve us and just make sure the kids kind of stay out of the way sometimes. Uh, whereas, you know, anytime that I have friends over or anything like that, you know, I expect my wife to, or I don't, if my wife wants to be, I want her to be a part, a part of this group meeting rather than just like somebody who comes and like makes food and serves it to you and things like that. It, it should feel like, you know, just a meeting of friends. Uh, so the, the couple dynamic is a big difference I've seen. Right, more like, can we say more traditional? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's um, something we noticed here too with my husband. Mm. Uh, just um, things, for example, um, paternity leave. Mm. In Japan, you are allowed to take paternity leave, right? And I know from uh, Germany, like all of our male friends who have a child, they take paternity leave, even though may maybe it's not a whole year, but uh, one, two, three months maybe. And here in my husband's company, which is uh, not Japanese, but the Japanese um, co-workers, they don't take the paternity leave. And it's we barely could get any information about that, um, about the paternity leave, uh, because there are just so few people who take the paternity uh, leave. So it was very surprising for us. Um, Or also things like uh, when we went, when I was still pregnant, when we went to the checkups. Uh, my husband was the only father who came, came uh, with me, uh, came to the checkup, right? So these were some differences we noticed. It, well, we, compare, we always compare to Germany, right? Because this is our, our home country. Um, Yeah, I understand the German dynamic too, usually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that is a, that's another thing, you know, like I said, the Japanese dads can be very uninvolved sometimes. Um, I remember I was talking to, now that you mentioned some of this, uh, one of my friends uh, was mentioning, you know, he, his wife gave birth and I reached out to him just being like, hey, you know, how was it for like, when you were there and in the labor and he was like oh i'm really happy to hear that you're gonna be there with your wife in the labor because a lot of apparently a lot of japanese guys aren't there for the labor 
is what he said, which I didn't know that. Um, but that, yeah, that just feels wrong to me. <laughs> yeah, to be it's honest. very diff different from what we know, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I'm also not anymore because uh, I guess I got kind of used to it. But I know from my Japanese friends uh, uh, that many of the husbands are working late and like to, they come back at um, nine in the evening because I think they have to stay. Some of them probably still have to stay as long as they are bosses at the company, or they have to go to the. Uh, restaurant or drinking bars afterwards and uh, uh, I don't even want to judge it I just noticed um, the difference and um, yeah for me it would be quite hard be because I'm just not used to it right but maybe it's just a Japanese way of <laughs> parenting right yeah, I, I do think that is like changing a little bit nowadays compared to when I first got here. Um, I was really shocked because actually one of my Japanese coworkers, I work for a Japanese company also, as well as doing the coaching. Um, and he actually took a full year of paternity mm. leave, oh. um, which I think he's maybe... You know, there have been a few others who took the leave, but I think he's the first one in our company to take the whole time, um, which, yeah, I'm just really happy for him that he took it and uh, he has a really good boss and she was very supportive of that also. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it can it can be crazy when it's like, oh yeah, my wife gave birth yesterday. It's like, why are you here? Yeah, I think because uh, <laughs> they have to, right? It's uh, expected of them to be there in the office, right? So it's not even, let's say, they are fault, I guess. It's they are role at, and yeah, what they have to do. I guess yeah, there's a lot of societal <laughs> pressure right. there and and you know there's also stories of if the the dad took paternity leave basically like their career would you know they'd be almost demoted from where they were which is yeah that's wrong and yeah there's Japan still has a ways to go you can legally take it the maternity leave and paternity leave, but there's a lot of baggage that comes mm -hmm. with it if you do, which I, I really hope we'll see that changing in the years mm -hmm. to come. Right. Yeah, but I also feel like there are some, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to generalize and I don't want to generalize. It's, of course, my perspective from where I live and what kind of people I see, where my attention goes. But um, the overall picture was uh, that dads are more involved. Uh, uh, they are job, is they are job the work, and the mom is taking care of the kids. But as you said, I also saw a few changes, and some people like doing it more, like maybe how it is in our countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 
I'm hoping it will kind of keep going down that path. Mm. It'd be nice to see it go a little faster. <laughs> yeah, a little faster. <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, there are some changes which mm. I am heartened to see. At least it seems like some things are starting to change. I, we talk now about the Japanese dad working a lot, but also what I noticed is that um, expats, um, fathers, also really working a lot. Um, um, maybe it's also because it's expected of them. They have been sent to another country to fulfill a rule in a certain time or to reach a certain goal in a certain time. So, And uh, the expats family are um, your ma main target, I would say. So can, what, what can you recommend for of them for manage the life and work balance? You said like... Before you said, kind of um, guarantee the time that each of them has the time. But if they are just working so much, let's say they just have the Sunday or a national holiday left, um, which even some, um, what I noticed, some expert dads, they don't have a, a Japanese national holidays, right? Because mm -hmm. they are working for, let's say, an American or an... Uh, French co company so they have other holidays or I don't know maybe not as many holidays uh, have you encountered this kind of uh, challenge <laughs> in your coaching yeah I, yeah sorry <laughs> um, I it's definitely a thing you know they a lot of people feel that they have this big responsibility so they have to put in the time and they have to make it work and um You know, sometimes you see the, the family life kind of suffer uh, because of that. And I mean, this kind of, again, I believe goes back to making sure you have this, uh, these goals and these images in your head of what do you want your life to look like? Um, because if you're just focused on your work, and you're kind of not thinking about the family life and what you want that to look like, then you're just going to focus on the work. You're not going to be trying to make adjustments so that you can make more time for your family. Um, so I do think it's possible for them to start making a more balanced life. Of course, you have to be a little bit realistic, you know, maybe it won't look exactly how you want it to right now but you have to make this picture that you want and then start working towards it um so that's that's kind of like the first step i think is creating this picture this kind of um you know ideal balanced life and then trying to start taking steps to work towards it um And then, you know, for some of the things that I have encountered is, you know, some people feel that they need to be there, they need to be in their work environment all the time. Uh, and if you kind of, you know, ask the simple question of just like, you know, what would happen if you weren't there for a few hours a day? what would change? And some of them realize oh, like nothing, everything would be the same. 
Um, (laughs) So going through that and really figuring out, you know, what, what you need to be there for, you know, what's more important for you, your, your working hours or um, the family life, how do you balance those and how do you work towards being there for each other? Um, everyone's going to have different answers for that. Everyone's going to have a different, you know, answer to what a balanced life looks like. Um, so, but forming that picture and then starting to find the way to work towards that is kind of what I think is really important there. Mm. Yeah, making the priorities, right? To be clear, what's the priority for you now? Yeah. Mm, and focus on this priority. Mm. And like I said, you know, there, there's going to be some sort of sacrifice. Uh, we're not going to all have the picture perfect life that we imagine in our heads. We can start working towards it and we can get really, really close, I think. And sometimes you will get it. But for a while, it can it can take a long time to get there potentially or, you know, you may have to drop a thing here, a thing there, but that doesn't mean they're gone. Making sure that you can then pick them up again and and move forward and make a a family right family life that is like your family life. Not a right family life, but your family life. Mm, right for you, for your family. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What would be one or two advices you would give expat families? Or other question, uh, uh, how do you, in your coaching, how do you help expat families? (laughs) Well, so a few advice for expats. One I would say is just, you know, building that support network is so important. Um, We... I think as humans, we need to talk to people sometimes. When things are going down, having someone that you can lean on is so important. Um, And whether that be your partner or some outside help, um, you know, having friends around you or, you know, it could be just connecting to people on a Facebook group. when you are, you know, feeling down, being able to, to kind of lean on someone and have that support is, I think, one of the most important things um, you can do. And, you know, for an expat family who just moved here, another thing that can be really helpful is, um, you know, making sure they know about the culture, for example, uh, understanding when they come to Japan, how people act, how people usually are, um, and just learning the culture so you can kind of minimize the culture shock. Um, I think those are two of the biggest things. Some people will say learn the language, and yeah, that will definitely help. Um, I'm one of the people who thinks learn the culture And then if you need to learn about the language, because if you know the culture, you can create your space 
in Japan. And then the language will help you grow that space. Um, but it's really important to grow that space for yourself first. Right. So two questions. What do you do exactly to minimize the culture shock? And how do you build the support network? You mentioned a Facebook group um, very practically. Uh. Yeah. Um, well, so for the minimizing culture shock, as I said, learning about the culture, um, it doesn't take too long to learn quite a bit. You know, you can get a book, um, you can, again, reach out to a Facebook group, you can reach out to, maybe you have friends in there, maybe you can talk to your, if you're coming over through a company, uh, you know, asking your company for that sort of resource. Um, that is, going to help you initially reduce culture shock a lot. And then the other thing to reduce it is making that support network. Um, so going to your second question on how to build that support network, uh, you know, there are tons of, if you're on Facebook, there are groups on Facebook, um, different areas, uh, some, depending on where you're moving to, uh, some community centers, Uh, have like really good networks where they have meetings of people. Some community centers have um, kind of like Japanese language lessons that they offer. And so, you know, by going to those Japanese language lessons, maybe you can meet other foreigners, you can meet other Japanese people, um, but kind of finding a small group um, especially finding someone you may be able to just reach out and ask questions to on a very personal level, you know, like, hey, I just got my gas bill. How do I pay this? Even just something like that, um, that can really take a lot of stress off and really minimize uh, culture shock. So building that support group through either people you know here, uh, starting, you know, if you have a hobby, finding a place to do that hobby or a community center, something like that would be really good. Right. Thank you. Another, um, another thing I like to recommend uh, to, to ease the culture shock, uh, if you have the opportunity, a lot of companies uh, offer uh, this kind of seminars, especially for experts before leaving, um, to have a one or two day um, intercultural training. <laughs> Actually, it's my profession. That's why I like to mention it. <laughs> And I also I think it's so crucial to, um, to in get informed before leaving. because um, Not because you have to do it, but it makes life easier and uh, less, let's say, hurtful in uh, some situation, right? Uh, yeah, so thank you, Eric. Um, we will um, slowly come to an end. But before, uh, I would like to ask you another question. Mm -hmm. What would be something you wish you knew before becoming um, a dad? <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> this is always an interesting question. There's kind of some of the small things I wish I knew was like some babies are not quiet sleepers. Most <laughs> um, of the babies, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
<laughs> like uh, our son snores quite a lot of the time <laughs> or like um he'll wake up in the middle of the night and he loves moving around so he'll be like in his crib that's next to our bed he'll be lifting his legs up and like slamming them down on the crib a few times wow. because he has gas or just when he plays that's what he does he just like moves around he grunts a lot and is like argh, argh. <laughs> he's very active he's still, still yeah. so little <laughs> um yeah he first rolled over when he was two months old <gasps> that's early yeah um just because he wanted to catch his hand so he could suck on it <laughs> he had a goal <laughs> yeah yeah he had a goal and he was working towards he was just it. going forward <laughs> yeah um so that's that's like one of the things another thing is just i i kind of wish i knew i don't want to say this i wish i just knew more i wish i had read more um i had really focused on the pregnancy and how to help my wife get through pregnancy and the labor uh and i ended up kind of not focusing so much on the first, you know, first week's care. Uh, so just, you know, making sure that uh, you're maybe picking up a book or something like that for that sort of stuff can be really helpful. Um, yeah, I agree. Totally. Mm. Preparation, not only for moms to be, but for dads to be, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, when I look at it, if you make a list of the things that we have to do to take care of our kid, the only thing I can't do is feed him because we're doing just breastfeeding right now. And, you know, I can share all the other responsibilities with my wife. So, you know, to be equally as knowledgeable as her and equally uh, willing to do that, I think that's super important. Right. Um, yeah, and, you know, knowing your relationship will, it will change in some ways. You know, we focus so much on the baby that we kind of forgot to, you can easily forget to make time for each other. Um, and just knowing that that probably will happen and then putting some steps into place to make sure that you don't lose the connection between the yeah. two of you uh, is really important yeah that's a wonderful advice wonderful tip um, I think it was in our um, when our daughter was about 10 months so pretty late we started to uh, do a monthly date night mm. And it's really, uh, it was really an effort to take the time for it because there, it seems like there's always, always something to do, especially if they don't go to nursery yet. And uh, I remember at the beginning, uh, sometimes we could just start at 9.40, in the evening, but it was totally worth it. And it was just such a awkward feeling after so many months to just sit there and just concentrate on your partner and not on uh, buying new diapers uh, getting the <laughs> meal done cleaning and 
but yeah it's yeah uh, and it's also doing something actually for your baby because if a couple works um, in harmony uh, it will also affect your child right yeah yeah definitely i've again it's that you know it's not necessarily the putting the baby first it's kind of making sure that you're all sort of in an equal area where all your needs are you're trying to meet the needs of everyone not just the needs of the kid right all right eric <laughs> thank yeah. you so much <laughs> yeah thank you it was uh, it was very very great for me to to get a dad's perspective, a foreigner dad's in Japan <laughs> perspective and get insights on um, also how you can help expat families to get a better quality of life and also setting goals, uh, but also to talk about the differences about foreign dads, Japanese dads, where the society might head in the future. I really appreciate your time and for exchanging with me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate it too. <laughs> Hopefully we stay in touch, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you, Eric. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>